2: How sweet it is to be
3: loved by you. Guests appear on the Smile Center Hotline, live from the Service Master by Cornerstone Studios, How with Jeff Hawkins on today's, to today's to show, presented by Red River by Toyota you. in Wynn, Arkansas. Online at RedRiverToyota.com. We're back How with the Gabe Kuhn show. show on 92.9 FM, ESPN.
2: There you go.
4: Jeff Calkins is columnist of the Daily Memphian, also hosts the Jeff Calkins Show nine to eleven right here 92.9 FM ESPN. He joins me now on Twitter at Jeff underscore Calkins. Jeff, have you bounced your uh, jaw ones for guns idea off anybody else, or am I the only one that has had to uh,
5: had to it's have funny. that bounce? I know. No, I, I I I often say don't read the comments on stories, and I, I'm pretty good about that. What I usually do though is I usually do see if someone. Tweet something at me, I see it. Like, I'm, I look yeah. at my mentions on Twitter, right? I just, I see them. I don't respond to them all or whatever else, but I see them all. This one, the, 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 I wrote a column, you know, saying that, that, and again, I don't want to overstate it, but just saying there's a real opportunity here after he gets his life right, whatever, if Ja were to actually disavow guns and urge people to disavow guns, kids to disavow guns, he could do some good, and then I further said, I imagined the uh, a job guns uh, for uh, job one swap, like uh, go ahead, choose for gun swap, and and even before I put the column up, which we talked about yesterday, I called John Martin and read it to him, just sort of a uh, check how ridiculous does this all yeah. sound, and and Jen like yeah, it's kind of fanciful, and so then I put in a paragraph about how this may be fanciful, but that in fact. If it's that fanciful to think that John ja might actually forget the, the 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 shoe for gun swap, just like that he would say that guns have done me no good, and and that even if that it's fanciful, it's kind of sad. But anyway, wrote the column, put the column out on Twitter, and I haven't looked at a single response because. <laughs> I think I'm just getting crushed. <laughs> I think I'm just getting crushed because, first of all, it's subscription only, so people can't really – a lot of people can't read the column. And so all they see is the headline or the whatever. And so they don't understand that the column actually says, um, I don't want him to do this tomorrow. I want him to focus on himself tomorrow. And I want – uh, There's a, you know, and it doesn't say this you – know, this can't be a gimmick. And it doesn't say – People don't realize that, that I'm I'm saying it's not Ja's responsibility or fault to fix the gun situation we have here, gun violence, and it doesn't and so people just re, are reacting to a headline. And I think most people are just calling me an idiot. And so I don't I don't you know, I, I don't need to engage with everybody calling me an idiot. <laughs> and so uh, there are a few people. Someone came up with a hashtag, uh you know, Jaw wants for guns, and I thought that was good. I I and have one that takes
4: the cake that someone brought brought sent to me yesterday too. Which is what?
5: They're not
3: Crocs,
4: but someone said Crocs for Glocks. I about lost. I it. Crocs for Glocks. That. They're and, uh, not, croc- they're I, not Crocs. They're not Crocs, but I, I did get a kick out of that. That made me laugh.
5: It's good, but they're not Crocs. So yeah, a little <laughs> no, I get it. I understand. Uh, except except for the accuracy problem. <laughs> so, um, but I, that's fine. Like in in the end in this line of work, you realize there are just times, and it's actually just a lesson. Like it is hard to look away from social media when even on very my modest level, people are, you know, saying things about me, good or bad. It is hard to look away, but it is ultimately incredibly healthy to look away. You know, I've just been going about my business today, not paying attention to people calling me an idiot. And and again, like some people, did say that's the best idea I've heard in a long time. I mean, I got a little of that. I got some texts saying that and calls saying that and whatever else. Um, I continue to believe that this is that the things I actually 100% believe about it are first of all, that Josh's got to focus on himself, not on any of these issues. He's got to focus on himself. And that, yep. um, and, and that if he owes it to anybody, it's to his teammates. And to his family, and you know the Grizzlies organization, and all of that. I also firmly believe that um, that it, uh, it's not John's responsibility. wasn't his fault that we are here where we are in terms of gun violence in Memphis, and it's not his responsibility to fix it. Um, and I, all of those things are true. I do, however, believe that even though those things are true. Ja could do some good yes. in this world if he would simply explain to, going forward, after six months have passed, if he would embrace this idea of disavowing guns and urging kids to put down their damn guns. And at most wouldn't, but, it, you know, it, it reminds me of back of the Nancy Reagan just say no to drugs thing, except for Ja has more credibility, you know, to Nancy Reagan when she was saying, just say no to drugs. You don't remember that back. Like, well, she did once upon a time, just mm-hmm. say no. And, um, and so, um, I think he can do some good, but, but the general feeling is, I, I guess I was, I don't know who I was talking oh, about. I was talking to Jeffrey about it on my show. Um, he just doesn't think it's something that jazz going to disavow because no, he doesn't believe in disavow. He doesn't. That's where know. I'm at. Uh, do he I? He loves
3: guns. He
5: the, loves guns. So why would he disavow them? Right? No,
4: no. I, I, that's that's where I'm at. I don't think it's necessarily a realistic idea, but at the same time, I completely agree with your premise. Like that's that's the thing that I think people need to really really attach. But I know they just read the the, the headline.
5: Most a lot of, the time. of people just read, you know, they this idea, like, and then the headline, whatever. I wrote it, so it's not, it might not claim anything. And also, the headline, you write a, try to get a headline that will sort of capture the essence of something, and the headline says something like, "John can have an impact on, you know, on on violent crime in Memphis," and people just, yeah, ha ha ha, you know, like, what? Yeah. like, come on, man. Like, by the way, uh, a small story about uh, about crime. My best friend Charles Fishman, who is on with me every week lives in Washington, D.C. His, uh, he has, uh, he's lucky enough that he is able to pay for someone to come clean his house every so often, right? And today that person came and parked on the street in Washington, Mm D.C. And while they were parked on the street in Washington, D.C., someone smashed the window and broke into their car. Now, that'll happen in any city in America. It has now happened, lives in a nice part of Washington, D.C., in the past, I don't know, three to five, five years maybe, that cleaner, while cleaning Charles's house, has now had their car broken into three different times while at Good Charles' lord. house. lord. So it's just a reminder that we are not alone, ladies and gentlemen. Like, people think we are uniquely crimes besotted, and we are crimes soaked, and we are. Um, crime is clearly an issue. But Target, for example, just did their earnings call. They do every, every quarter, you do an earnings call. And one of the, the main things they talked about on their earnings call as a reason for their disappointing quarter was the fact that they can't keep their shelves stocked because people keep stealing ass. Like mm-hmm. they, so much theft that theft has had a real impact on the bottom line. Again, not saying it's not a problem in Memphis, but I do think we sometimes. <laughs> I think I think a solution. lot of people complain about
4: Memphis and think it's unique to Memphis. I will. I, I agree with that.
5: So. We, we are uniquely bad, and I'm just telling you. You know, uh, our man Charles three times now his clean person has been broken into outside his home, and Target is struggling, and so whatever else. But yes, I wish Ja. I, I, I would like to live in a world where Ja would have enough, uh, uh, you know, insight to realize that that. He could disavow guns, but I don't expect it. I did. I was kind of interested in to see whether, you know, the Friday news dump is a thing. There is such a thing as the Friday news dump. People dump news on Fridays because no one's paying attention because everyone's heading off to wherever they're heading. And so it was kind of interesting to contemplate whether there would be a Friday news dump around Ja uh, and, and his ultimate discipline. And so far does not appear to be.
4: Mm-hmm. Now I, I, we've done a lot of speculation on suspensions and um, how the Grizzlies are going to act toward toward ja. One thing I and I, I want your your thoughts on this as well. But like one thing I can't take from a speculation standpoint is all the people that have talked about Ja's family and friends. Yes, they probably need to to help him along in this situation more than more than they have. Like I I, I can I can understand the thought process there, but also there's been assumptions about. Oh, he was never raised like this. He 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 was never glorifying anything like this growing up. He comes from a a great household, went to a private like all of that type of um conjecture and and just uh, adding people adding their opinion in in that regard has has bothered me throughout this process. And I like I, we just played a sound from uh Lil Wayne. Lil Wayne who was talking about um, everybody saying things like that about, about John ja Morant. And uh, he, he basically was talking about, well, this is a kid who t- grew up in a town of 3,000 people, wasn't the biggest recruit. I mean, it, it, not saying you expect these things to happen, not saying he didn't do wrong, um, but at some point you do have to, to realize that responding as a 23-year-old when you get that type of money, that type of check, that type of fame is not always the easiest on everybody.
5: Well, it's interesting. I mean, it, it, I don't know and haven't known what's fair or responsible on a whole range of things to talk about, right? We we speculate on the punishment. Yeah. We speculate on what he was thinking, right? We speculate on whether he has a substance abuse problem. We speculate about whether he was intoxicated just Saturday when this happened, right? We speculate about... Uh, about Devante Pack and his role and and everything, and then, yeah, you hear a lot of. It's a very common theme to hear people say, "I've heard the Memphis stop. changed him too thing, which is yeah, kind of been bizarre spe- to people me. speculated whether 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 uh, whether he'll want. Well, oh, I've seen a lot of this, a lot of speculation about whether this is the beginning of the end for him in Memphis, right? Yeah, for one reason or another, either because the goodies will want to get rid of him. Or because this is his way of orchestrating the way out. I've heard all this, like right, and um, and whatever. People will talk, particularly in the absence of any actual hard news. I think people tend to talk. In terms of what you're talking about, there's been a, a very constant theme has been, Ja, stop acting like this because you're not fooling anyone. You know, we know you're really not you know, you you grew up in a middle class household, you didn't grow up in the streets, so why are you acting like this? You you hear that a lot. And I think I think there's I mean, from what I can tell, the only person I know actually from this area who has been to see where Ja grew up and how Ja grew up, um, at least in the local media, is Drew Hill. And I think the truth there is um um it's a little bit of both if if people are trying to paint the picture that Ja grew up in in the equivalent of Collierville that's just not true. Yeah, right. you know, like he he didn't he grew up in a place where in the in the in his high school his gym number is retired and and drew was funny about it because he he wrote the number is i guess framed and hung up you know and it is hung like crazy high in the air and they hung it crazy high in the air otherwise someone would steal it like that's why they mm-hmm. hung it crazy high in the air it's not like this is not like the 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 swankiest of swanky uh suburbs <laughs> in which he grew up and so right. now having said that i also don't think he grew up you know you hear people talking about I mean, I, you know, I heard Keyshawn talking about this. And, I you know, and I, I you hear Kwame Brown talking about this. I think there are certainly a lot of circumstances that are a lot worse, both family circumstances and, you know, uh, uh, poverty, crime, no all doubt. of that circumstances. No doubt. Um, so I, I think it's probably a happy medium there. I do think sometimes people err on saying that Jaws, like, just, you know, grew up, uh, you know, as if he was going to MUS or something. And that's just not, you <laughs> no, know, th- not. Th- that is not true. Yeah.
4: Now, uh, talking with Jeff Calkins, at Jeff underscore Calkins on Twitter, Daily Memphian, and right here, Jeff Calkins Show. Um, I-, I guess uh, in other news, UConn to the Big 12? Are we, is this,
5: is it? <laughs> is there is new, I-, I mean, I saw speculation about Brett Yormark was
4: recently at UConn's campus and met with their administration, according to, uh,
3: according yeah, to multiple. according I've seen
5: that, reports. and I've seen that, And I saw a report in the Athletic about it. I I just would find it astonishing. Um, Same. If if true, what it speaks to is the power of money over everything else. Because UConn's entire experience with, um, you know, last time, last time they lost the, they left the comfort of the Northeast was this sucked. We don't like flying all over the country. We have a an identity and a brand. And finally, they said when they decided to leave the AAC, they said we we don't care about how much TV money or everyone else. We don't care if we're going to throw our football program out. That it has to be an independent. We, we need to be back with schools like us. And all I saw as they had their you know put their, their their run to the Final Four together you know together was this is what, this is why we did it. Like Connecticut UConn basketball is back and it has a certain brand. And so the idea that they would, would say, all right, now let's try it with the big 12. Obviously the big 12 is better, higher quality competition than, uh, the AAC was, but they just, they just decided that they didn't want to be in some far flung disjointed conference. So for them to be in some far flung disjointed conference, it would only be for the paycheck, and uh, and it would strike to be, be sort of – I can't imagine uh, UConn fans would like that move, I guess. Yeah, and, and what
4: I always heard about their move away from the AAC and move back into the Big East as a basketball school was, oh, well, the recruiting. We need to recruit the Northeast. This is going to help us recruit the Northeast. Well, maybe they accomplish that, but a move to the Big 12, what does that do to re- help you sort of stay in that Northeast – Footprint. I mean, uh, I guess you,
5: yeah. Whether it's recruiting or whether it's the rivalries or whatever it is, their brand seems to be a northeastern brand. Now, the argument would be, okay, there's a big difference between going to the AAC and playing UCF and South Florida, right? And uh, but, and Tulane and even Memphis, because like the only one. And then going to the Big Twelve. Where you get to play, you know, you get to play Kansas and you get to play Baylor, and like it's a it's a different it's a footprint altogether, though. Conference,
4: it's a, what? It's a different footprint altogether, though. I mean, we're talking about Kansas and Texas Tech and Baylor.
5: It's a different footprint, but the quality of basketball is certainly up to UConn's yes. level. Whereas the quality of basketball, but I don't think you, you UCon- don't
4: you don't accept UConn as just a one spot. If you're taking UConn in to no, the no, Big Twelve, you're taking, 12, a, you're you're taking both. I don't think if
5: UConn were to do it, I would think they would do it because. They would then find a home for the football program, which, by, against all odds, got better as an independent. You know, they, they 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 certainly are better now than they were when they exited AAC in football, which I think was, I guess, it couldn't have been worse. But, um, but but it's a, yeah, I, so maybe maybe they just in the end they want to be in a conference where they can put all their teams, and in the end, they, you know, they're positioning. I don't know. I, I guess I, it, it, was, it was surprised when I when I did read that. I was surprised
4: about that. Now I have been very sort of forthright about my thoughts with Penny Hardaway and, and going into next year and what the, that roster looks like now and if he can get anything done on the, in the transfer portal on the recruiting trail. But did you hear? Did you hear Jason and John talk with Kendrick Davis today? I thought it was phenomenal. Um, he uh, he was sort of talking about Penny and versus NIL and, and how he ended up at Memphis. He said 60% was Penny, 30% was Desmond Bain, and, and some of the guys with the Grizzlies, about 10% was NIL. I think today hearing that gave me a little bit more of a a positive outlook on where this could head before we actually get to, to basketball season for Penny.
5: I think Kendrick, um, I, I, well, first of all, I think there is more I think Penny has something else up his sleeve. I, I, right. I, I think there will be another significant addition to the roster. I'll just put it that way. I think there will be another significant addition to the roster. I'll be disappointed if there is not. Um, I think the other thing that's striking is if you want to believe, and this has been true from the moment he committed, and it has not wavered. If you want to believe in Penny Hardaway, All you got to do is listen to Kendrick
4: Yes. (laughs) Yeah. No question.
5: Kendrick loves the guy. Like everything about him. Um, He'll go on and on about how Penny stood by him and how Penny, you know, helped him grow. And literally, if you talk to Kendrick and don't want to, after that, you don't want to play with Penny. uh, You know, I'll be surprised. So Kendrick um, has been tremendous that way. Um, And, it's really striking. It's almost emotional to hear him talk about Penny um, and what Penny has meant to him. And you sort of think God, even in the world of one and dones, like that's what it's supposed to be about, you know, right? Like that, this is the relationship between a coach and a player and like, what more can you want? Um, having said all that, it's also that that also has its limits, you know, like it has its limits in two ways. One, Kendrick and Penny were trying to recruit together last year players, mm-hmm. and they were open about the fact that they failed. Like Kendrick had all these ideas about players who could come, and they tried to get them, and they failed. And then second, um, if even if those percentages are accurate, and a lot of times what it can be is, all right, you 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 matched on the money or you came close to the money, and so therefore I can, all the other things become important, right? Yeah. But even if, those, even, if it's, even if it's true that those percentages are accurate for Kendrick, I think a lot of people, and I don't blame them, listen to coaches talk, and they just talk. But you know what? It doesn't just talk the stack of money. And, and so if one stack of money is $100,000 and another is $50,000, I think for most people – and that's whether you're talking about $100, $100. The world of basketball or else, they'll take the stack of $100,000 <laughs> yeah. and figure a way. to.
4: And, and the, the thought is, is the too, game. with Jaden Bradley just recently, that was probably the case. Yeah.
5: So, so I really do. I love listening to Kendrick talk about Penny. Kendrick can talk about anything. Honestly, one of my favorite yeah. athletes to cover.
2: phone users over home internet users during times of congestion.
1: Leading ladies, a concert in celebration of Women's History Month, featuring Kelsey Ballerini, Megan Trainer, Maju L King. The King's Theater in Brooklyn, New York, on Wednesday, March 20th. Tickets are on sale now. You don't want to miss this amazing night of music dedicated to uplifting women's voices. With Kelsey Ballerini, Megan Trainer, L. King, and Christina Perry. Odyssey's Leading Ladies presented by Olay Body. Buy your tickets now at Kingstheater.com.
5: Great. Um, but I think he's different. I, I, I think I think a lot of and I don't blame players. I think a lot of players are just look at the stack of money. And ask which stack is higher.
4: Mm-hmm. I got you. I got you. Now we talked about it yesterday. The the kicker situation. I think it's yeah. They figured it out. Seth Morgan commits to Memphis. Sam Houston State transfer.
5: Well, I hope he's good. <laughs> I hope. I hope as well. I I, I hope he's good. I don't need and, the, da- the, uh, the, the, the David the David Kemp Joy, we,
4: Joe Doyle slash. We don't need the David Kemp Joe Doyle slashing thing no, situation no, from a couple Joe years ago. Bale,
5: the, 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 there was that one night, the one game where Joe Doyle was well. He public, so he, what, he nailed a he nailed what was it a fifty yarder against Mississippi State. Yeah, yeah. So that was fun. Um yeah. And then there's the death of Jim Brown, and it's yeah. interesting. I never, I didn't, um, I didn't, I didn't see Jim Brown. I, I started watching football after he retired. Um, it is interesting, though. Like, we can argue, even now, I think you can argue who the greatest quarterback is. I think everyone will, most people at this point, just because of the championships, have settled on Brady. Yep. But, but the place, the positions where there's, like, no argument, Jerry Rice. Yes. Right? There's no argument. Like, no one argues anything other than... Believe it or not, uh, though,
4: there are people my age that would argue against it,
5: but I agree with you. Who are you for? Randy Moss? Who are you for? For Randy Moss,
4: yes. Randy Moss would be the main one. And and they talk about it being a different era of passing versus... It
5: feels like there's a separation there. Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, he
4: owns every every statistical category is his.
5: And he played in the early 2000s. Even in an age of recency bias, where people... Yes. Even I, and I'm 61 years old, never... I don't recall ever seeing Jim Brown run, but I have always heard like, like you you, you can pick who you like. You can pick Barry Sanders. You can pick uh, Walter Payton. You can pick Eric Dickerson. You can pick who you pick. Whoever you like the best that ever was, was Jim Brown and football players in particular tended to say that. And like, I just think there is this, there's a level of separation between Jim Brown and everybody else, and considering the dude retired at 29, you know, to go off and make movies and 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 honestly, he did a lot of. Uh, he was a civil rights guy too. Yep. Um, did a lot of stuff in terms of civil rights. I looked it up today. Jim Brown is the only running back in history to average more than 100 yards over the course of his career. Yep. And That's he a, is the only, game. Ra- only yeah, again. And he is the only running back in history to uh, lead the league in running back or, or in in all-purpose yards five different times. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he retired at the age of 29. The guy was just an anvil. Voted and, by uh, the way,
4: College Football 150. He was voted the best college uh, college football player of all time.
5: Yeah. Just, Who do you think when I when I ask you who's the best running back you can recall ever see um, with your oh own gosh. not 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 fine I don't mean in person with my TV, own
4: eyes uh, yeah. that is in so TV tough. TV or,
5: or yeah or or that is so or, tough or,
4: like in I a- I and obviously it's, 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 with my own eyes watching games um, I this would have been a little this would have been way early but obviously I've seen a lot of film Barry Sanders was great he retired early. Um, I have to give a shout out to hometown Marshall Falk. That was great in St. Louis and in Indianapolis. The Damian Thomas, Adrian Peterson, Adrian it, Peterson was, was a total ridiculous. The day. I mean, came back from an ACL and MVP caliber. C- I mean, he was ridiculous. But yeah, I mean, I'm I'm right there. But no, Jim Brown. It's it seems kind of for most people that got to see him. It's compl- it's not debatable from a running back perspective who the best was. Yeah, didn't he? It,
5: I guess best line. I guess passer. If you're if you're thinking about best other positions, I think
4: he had three linebacker. MVPs too, and like I, first team All Pro just about every year of his career.
5: Yeah. That that doesn't happen. Are there is if anymore. you know, but if you're looking at other positions, where yeah. is there just one F one football player who just stands above LT at linebacker? Yeah, but see, I
4: yeah, I think he would be there. Um. I, I think not if with, if not, not Buttkiss or
5: someone else No, I, think, I guess it's LT. But he was also I'm edge right guy.
4: In. He was also edge guy rushing the passer. So LT is is widely known as the, probably the best defensive player people have have seen. Um Reggie White as best defensive Where where, where, where are I you think. at on corner? Is Dion there?
5: Uh, we we could have debates on that. The problem with Dion is is that you know, was he a complete? I mean, obviously he shut down. You know, one side of the field, but I don't think. Like, if you Google right now, best corner ever, I don't think it just everyone comes up Dion. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, whereas if you do, if you Google best defensive end ever, I think Reggie White. I think the answer there is Reggie. White. Well, I think there is an answer there, and the-, the answer is.
4: On the quarterback front, is there really a debate? Like, I know people will try no, to do the thing. They'll try to say, much. well, Aaron Rodgers. Because I, I am of the opinion, and I think a lot of people are of this opinion. I have seen Patrick Mahomes play, and he, every, I've, I've seen him do more per game from a production standpoint, from a, just like a talent standpoint, than Tom Brady ever did. But Tom Brady won just an
5: incredible amount. It's hard. to. I think you're right. You can't I can't discount Tom Brady that. when he went to Tampa and did it again. I think it kind of like, well, whoever you, whoever you were arguing for, whether it was Patrick Mahomes or whether it was Aaron or whether it was John Elway or whether it was Peyton or whether it like whoever, Joe Montana, Montana, like whoever it was. I just think in the end, you look at that stack of championships and you realize that like he's not a passenger when he goes to Tampa Bay and, and it does, does it again there, you yeah, know, like, right. Correct. I think probably, I think in the end he's, he's the goat. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's, as, um, it's become as clear at quarterback as it is really at receiver. And as it is at running back and it is at now, I don't think honestly, it's as clear on tight end. Like, are you going to, are you going to go Gronk's best ever there? I don't think no. so. I
4: think Travis Kelsey may have a case by the time his career is over. From a definitely from a from a pass catching standpoint, that's ridiculous what he's doing.
5: Tony Gonzalez, was Tony like Gonzalez was crazy. Yes, unbelievable for all those years. And so yeah, Gronk would maybe the best big game tight end or something. You know. Yeah. But I, I think there needs to be a qualification there. Um. So yeah. No. Anyway, lost I gotcha. one of the best that ever was. I no mean, question. Obviously. Yep. Now,
4: uh, weekend plans
5: for you? Uh. Yeah, I'm trying to decide if I'm going to get back on the, on the bicycle tomorrow okay. uh, and go for a long ride, and, uh, but otherwise, quiet. Rockwell. Otherwise, quiet. Gotcha. No big plans.
4: Gotcha. I'm off to KC this week, and I have a uh, connecting flight. 6 a.m. tomorrow, I'm going to have to be up, and I have to uh, connect to KC for a wedding through DFW. Wedding. doesn't make a whole lot of sense, though. Doesn't make a whole lot of sense to go to DF, but you, you, don't, you, don't get, you don't get straight flights from the here to Kansas to the, City. The, the, the couple doesn't make sense? Or the f- no, the, the, flight, the, the flight pattern from DFW to Kansas City. that's just. Are you in the age where everybody's going to get a lot of weddings? Oh, gosh, man. I mean, this summer is ridiculous. I'm a part <laughs> of two, and I'm going to this one, and then mine's going to come up on September 30th. Yeah. So, good
5: Lord. Yeah, no, I am at, well, yes. Well, it's kind of fun, though, when you're getting married. I think weddings are particularly fun because you look at you 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 watch and you see and you imagine yourself in that role and I actually I, I think weddings are fun. Now, once you know, once you
4: My fiance's you doing wedding fun. planning though and I, to go against this, my fiance's doing the wedding planning, I'm doing some of it as well. She's like we should have eloped. Yeah. We should have eloped. Should have been no discussion. But
5: well, yeah. i would say next time but we'll hope there's no next time. <laughs> yeah, um, I got gotcha. you. I got you. Have a good weekend. Yes, sir. You too. You
4: too, You too, Jeff. That's Jeff Calkins. That's Jeff underscore Calkins on Twitter. Um, Daily Memphian columnist also. Jeff Calkins show 9 to 11 right here on 92.9 FM ESPN. But barbecue lovers, we have Barbecue Fest going into the weekend. All you Memphians out there, don't miss out on this opportunity to stand out at Barbecue Fest, courtesy of my favorite, your favorite retail store. It's owned and operated. Here in Memphis, in East Memphis, it's Oxbow. Visit the store, two-story storefront. Go pet Earl on top of that. Give him a couple pats on top of the head for me and tell him hello. That's the dog that always graces us right there at the front door. But it's a two-story storefront at Oxbow, and it's beautiful. Upstairs, downstairs, it's right off of Poplar on June Road behind the Amaco Station and uh, make sure you visit the store this week and explore the exclusive Memphis and May collection, along with an incredible selection of Memphis-themed gifts and apparel that caters to every Memphian's taste. Here's the best part: I can uh, I can help you out. The Gabe Kuhn Show is teaming up with Oxbow to bring you an exclusive offer on the online store shopoxbow.com and use the disco discount code. My discount code: The Gabe Show. The G-A-B-E Show at checkout and enjoy a fantastic, get this 20% off, 20% off your order. Yes, you heard that right, 20% off your entire purchase if you go to shopoxbow.com and use The Gabe Show. So don't miss out on the opportunity to get your Memphis and May tea or my personal favorite, Gabe's personal favorite, Genteel Apparel, this weekend. Visit ShopOxpo.com today and explore Oxbow's exclusive Memphis and May collection and more just remember use that discount code the gabe show for that extra special deal at shopoxpo.com or again if you just want to go in store beautiful store it's right off poplar on june road behind the Amico station they'll have a nice crawfish truck for you to enjoy i always tell people do not do it beforehand you don't want to get your uh, clothes all all nasty right with that crawfish juice get that afterwards but they try to they try to take care of you over at oxpo shop local shop Oxbow. Let's go ahead and grab a break. I'm going to tell you about the kicker that was signed by the University of Memphis Tigers and uh, also Big 12 Commissioner Brett Yormark was recently on UConn's campus and met with the administration. I think you'll uh, you can tell by my tone my my thoughts on, on that situation as a whole. But this is the Gabe Kuhn Show 92.9 FM ESPN. <laughs>
3: Yeah. guests appear on the smile Center hotline now back to the Gabe Kuhn show live from the service master by Cornerstone Studios on 92.9 so FM look ESPN look up to me.
0: I got fake people showing fake straight up my straight up to my
4: face tiger football team has a new kicker with Alex Rayner who is a transfer from rice that Decided that he was going to back out of his commitment and go to Kentucky. Kicker Seth Morgan from Sam Houston State has committed to Memphis. He'll be a junior going into next year. Again, um, Sam Houston State transfer. But when he was there, he was uh, all whack. Western Athletic Conference, second team. uh, 15 for 21 from the, uh, as far as field goals were concerned, 52 uh, yard long, 14 for 14 extra points. It seems like something that, that, that... We'll, we'll auto-work out. You just want them to uh, get here and uh, have time to acclimate. But I, this is what I talked about with Jeff yesterday uh, when the Alex Rainer news dropped. I mean, it just it, it comes down to just getting a body in there and having some type of depth because the David Kemp situation, when he got hurt a couple of years ago, you had Joe Doyle kicking. You don't want to have that arise, but it, it doesn't take much. If you offer a guy a starting spot, if you give him a scholarship, usually they get onto campus. So they finally have a guy, Seth Morgan. Seth Morgan, new kicker.
2: Hopefully next in the line of great kickers. Yes. At the yes.
4: University of Memphis.
2: Need man, to get back to that. Man, that all whack is that. That's a tough, that's a tough way to, you know, tough name. Like here we All uh, whack. Yeah, like all whack team. Like, oh man. It's the whack. It's a Western, Western athletic. I mean, know, it it's is just what it an is. Unfortunate. <laughs> yeah. He's <laughs> whack. Pronunciation, I suppose. No,
4: but 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 uh, Seth Morgan from Sam Houston State is now the kicker. Now, Big 12 commissioner Brett Yormark was recently on UConn's campus and met with the administration at UConn. <laughs> Big 12 has been asked about this, and they do not deny being there, but they stress that this was very exploratory in nature and does not mean anything is imminent. Okay, that's fine. I I, I don't necessarily buy that you're going to be reactionary uh, to all of the news that has happened and, and add UConn at the drop of a hat. But at the same time, why aren't these exploratory conversations happening with the University of Memphis? I just, I I can't help but think the slap in the face that always inevitably comes when you have these names that pop up for power five expansion. I, I, UConn from a market perspective, I I guess if you group in the entire state of uh, Connecticut, Hartford, you know, that area, I guess, you know, they have a decent market size. I think it's around 34th. Uh, Memphis is around 52 when it comes to TV markets. But at the same time, where are you making your money? Where are you making your money? Off of basketball, if you're bringing in UConn. And I don't know why. Seemingly with the Big 12 and, and Brett Yormark, there has been this, this push to try to add basketball schools. You have a great basketball conference. Gonzaga and, uh, and, and, and UConn don't necessarily add an insane amount. Yeah, they, they add a little bit more name recognition, but you have a lot already there. And the schools you're losing are Texas and Oklahoma. Kansas is still there. Baylor's still there. You have Houston being added to the conference. Cincinnati's had their moments, and you're bringing them in. I don't know why you need to add basketball schools to that, to that situation. And also, I think when you look at a, a school like UConn as compared to the University of Memphis, I think there's a lot more being thrown at, at both programs here at the University of Memphis, a lot more. When you look at UConn, you have an old stadium, that's run down for football. And no one cares about that program. And where do you make money in college football off of football? Or where do you make money in, in, in college athletics off of football? And I don't know if UConn has the, the, the juice to really give you a whole lot of added value if you're adding them based off their success in basketball. And that's where I stand on this. I, I, if it ultimately happens, it ultimately happens. And, and we, we've had um, UConn, although it wasn't called that at that moment, the Big East was a power conference for a while, if you will. They've been in a power conference before. Uh, they're in one of those power conferences, if you will, in college basketball right now with the Big East. But I, I feel like UConn's out of their heyday in a lot of ways when it, when it comes to the, the, the overarching – Athletic department? Are they great in basketball? Hell yes, they're great. They just won a national championship. But everywhere else, where 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 do you get that added value? Not from football, and that's that's where the frustration comes
2: in, and why I have questions about this thing actually working out. Yeah, I mean, I think you laid it out perfectly. It just it feels like a slap in the face a little bit. Because it always does. It's just, though that that football program is so bad. It's so, so <laughs> It's gotten at.
4: better. It's gotten better. It's like, yeah.
2: do we think Jim, Jim
4: Mora Jr. is getting older, and is he, is he really uh, compared to where he was as a coach with the Falcons and with UCLA, is he ever going to bring in the talent, the requisite talent to ever get that thing competing, any more than five or six wins a year? No. And you could say they did well as an independent. Yeah, they were playing whoever the hell they wanted to. They could add whoever they wanted on that schedule. Whenever they got into a game against a, a legitimate decent team, they got smacked around. They got smacked around. So I, I, I I I question the viability. Again, the Big 12 has said it's very exploratory in nature, but it feels like the wheels are spinning on it, and it's 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 bothersome to me. And you know, my my have built-in bias. There's no there's no way there's no way to doubt that. But it is what it is. Now, um, small talk's gonna be on the way. And we're going to be giving away a couple of things on the other side as well. But White Men Can't Jump has a remake that released on Hulu. <laughs> and Jack Harlow is the star. I'll tell you what I think <laughs> on the other side 929 FM ESP. <laughs> Still plenty to come on the Gabe Kuhn Show on this Friday. Alan Bell will join at 6 o'clock. We'll get you some picks for the weekend. Preakness, PGA Championship, MLB, whatever it may be, uh, Eastern Conference, Western Conference Finals. We'll get you some picks there at 6 o'clock. The Blitz will be at 6.30, and I have to bring up Kendrick Davis and his interview with Jason and John. But in the meantime, right now, it's time for Small Talk.
3: Here on 92.9, we talk ball every weekday from 4 till 7 p.m. Except right now, it's time for Big Man Small Talk on 92.9's Gabe Kuhn Show. And Small Talk is presented by the Memphis
4: Touchdown Club, fourth and final speaker in their speaker series. God, easy for me to say. Um, will be on Monday. That will be Greg McElroy, former Alabama quarterback, played for the Jets. Um, but it'll be at Hilton Memphis. And uh, here in a little bit, we'll give, we'll, we'll give out a couple of spots to some uh, lucky callers. But wait on that. But wait on that. What I have to get to, um, actually, MemphisTouchdownClub.com is where you can go find tickets and information on your own. Um, but we will give out two tickets here in a second. Um, where I want to go with this is Hulu just released a remake, a full remake, not a sequel or anything, of White Men Can't Jump. And it features rapper Jack Harlow. And I have to say... I watched 40 minutes of it last night, and I don't know why I did. I knew what I, knew what I was going to expect. Um, but Jack Harlow's very popular with uh, the current generation. I, I'm not going to act like he's some awful actor. He's not a great one by any stretch of the imagination. But aren't there movies? I can ask this to our, our resident cinephile here, um, and that would be uh, Connor Dunning, the executive producer of The Gabe Coon Show. Aren't there some movies that can stand on their own, that Correct. you don't need to remake. Yes. And, and what I, the, the, the big issue I had going into it is, one, Jack Harlow's just not much of a good actor. He's just not great. Correct. Um, and also, I'm supposed to believe throughout the film that he was a Gonzaga commit that was on his way to the NBA draft. Jack Harlow was a Gonzaga commit that was on his way to the NBA draft and would have been a one-and-done. That's what I'm supposed to believe. But he had two ACL surgeries that uh, that kept him from doing so. I can't even remotely believe that. The basketball scenes are awful. They're miserable. They're terrible. And in the end of the day, I remember White Men Can't Jump because there was, the, the, it was, in the end of the day, it was kind of realistic, right? There were some realistic points to it. These were two hustlers with Wesley Snipes' character and Woody Harrelson. And in this one, it's two old, washed-up basketball players that somehow go will themselves to winning a tournament. I, I enjoyed the first one. There was There's no reason to update some of these movies. Karate Kid was one that I, I didn't believe you needed to update. But this is one that, I without question, the old one stands up substantially better to anything you could make after that and any, try, any effort to try to update the storyline. And I, I just hated it.
2: I hated it. This is sinful. It's sinful what they're <laughs> doing over there, trying to— what they're doing to white man can't jump. A lot of people consider that the the best basketball movie made, and you know I wouldn't say that that's wrong. Uh, it's it's perfect. It's perfect. Woody Harrelson was actually a good basketball player. Wesley Snipes had actually never played basketball before. They kind of had to but teach him. But they were hustlers, well, right? you okay. Sorry. But he had the he had the trash talking down. Right. So like Woody was able to teach him how to play basketball. He's also athletic as hell. So every time they would slow mo in that movie, it's because they're trying to make him look a little bit better than he is. They did the same thing in Major League. But also yeah. Rosie Perez. Yep. Rosie Perez. Correct. Come on. Come on. The, the awakening for a lot of young men. I'll just <laughs> say
4: that. <laughs> Rosie Perez. Hell yeah. Are you yeah. kidding me?
2: Yeah. Smoke yeah.
4: show back then. How about it? Still. How about Still. it? Still. Yes. Um, but no, I, the thing that just uh, stands out to me is like I, the old white men can't jump. It's two hustlers going to hustle. It's people. organic. It's two hustlers. It's it's more believable. I, I, but in this film, you have to believe that both of the main characters are former basketball players that were on their way to the NBA draft. Nobody wanted this. At. Nobody asked for it. Nobody. Nobody. And I just I can't get behind the thought of it. I I it, it's sinful to the original white man can't jump to to really go about it this direction and it bothers the hell out of me. I'm never going to watch it. Yeah. I watched 40 minutes of it and then turned it off. I'm sorry. Yeah. Thank you. Honestly, you're the only person that has apologized. For I what understand I had to the watch. pain. Yes, my eyes, my eyes were about to bleed. <laughs> now, um, small talk again is presented by the Memphis Touchdown Club, and here's what we're gonna do. Fourth and final speaker is Greg McElroy on Monday. So, lucky caller number four, caller number four to nine zero one four four five zero nine two nine. That's again 901-445-0929. Lucky caller number four, you get two tickets, two spots on Monday to see Greg McElroy. At the Hilton, Memphis. But in the meantime, let's go ahead and grab a break. When we come back, Alan Bell joins the Gabe Kuncho 929 FM ESPN.
0: How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ucliffe, speed test, intelligence data, fixed median download speeds, USQ3 2023.
3: We all agree that reducing carbon emissions is a good thing. And once again, Toyota is leading the way. We hear a lot about fully electric vehicles, and Toyota has them, with more coming in. But we also know a BEV is not for everyone, whether it's because of cost, range, or concern about finding a charging station when you need it. Plus, the raw materials used to manufacture batteries are limited. Enter Beyond Zero, Toyota's vision for a carbon-neutral future. In vehicles and in manufacturing plants, too, in the years ahead. The materials used to make just one long-range battery for an EV could be used to make batteries for six plug-in hybrids or 90 gas-electric hybrids. That's why Toyota's position today is Electrified Diversified. Empowering you to choose how to reduce your own carbon footprint with the vehicle that's right for you. A hybrid, plug-in hybrid, or battery EV. So shop, learn more, and get details at Toyota.com/slash beyond zero. Toyota, let's go places.
1: Leading ladies, a concert in celebration of Women's History Month, featuring Kelsey Ballerini, Megan Trainer, LK.